Good morning. There we go. Thanks, Lynette. Okay, so we are live. Yay. <laughs> we had like a technical thing happening here. Um, so it's good to be back. I don't know. Facebook changes a lot of stuff and that changes on number 99 always. So we want to welcome all of you this morning with us and um, we're very excited to be here. And um, yeah, I am not going to, I'm going to wait a couple of more minutes for people just to get on. Stoffel can also say good morning. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you. Sorry for the technical difficulties that we've been experiencing. Um, yeah, that's uh, the modern age that we're a part of. And, um, but yeah, we all saw that we tried to use Linda's old computer, but um, yeah, for some reason it just didn't, didn't want to work. So we just had to switch um, computers. Um, we're using the same one we used last time. So we know this one does work, should work. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's more people coming up. Okay, there we go. Okay, so we have, there we go. Um, it's so good to see you guys this week. For those of you who are South African born, um, we found out that we've got another more two weeks extra on the three weeks. Just as we were about to see the end, they said, ah, another two weeks. So we're going to have more of these live sessions um, in the next um, couple of Sundays. Still, we're allowed to go and preach at our services. And um, yeah, it's so good to, to be here and just to see all you guys lovely faces and on Facebook and there's a comment section. We actually can follow the comments now going live. I want to ask you guys if you have any testimonies that happened to you during this last week or um, a prayer request that one of us prayed for you and it um, was answered. I just want you guys to please share with us in the comment section. If you're a little bit too shy to share in a comment section, just pop us an inbox on our Heaven and Earth Facebook page. We celebrate testimonies. We celebrate what Jesus has done. Today is Resurrection Sunday. Today is the whole reason why we are called Christians and why we can call on his name and obviously follow in his footsteps and have testimonies. And testimony is just a way of us saying, Lord, do it again. So whatever the testimony is, even if you think, oh, this is just a small testimony. I had a headache and I prayed for myself and it went, uh, went away. That's not a small testimony. That's the Holy God of the Trinity that um, came into your world and healed you from a, um, from a headache. It's not small. So any kind of testimony, any kind of thing that happened to you during this week, um, please share with us in the comment section. We would love to hear. We would love to celebrate with you. And yeah, we are very excited um, for today. So today's Resurrection Sunday. I have the best preacher in the world. <laughs> that's going to preach today <laughs> and I know it's going to be good because I had to keep the kids busy <laughs> so he can prepare and hear from Jesus but before we start that um, let's quickly just pray Father God we just welcome you today and we just worship you Father mm -hmm. we just worship your, you Lord on the throne in, victor in victory Lord absolutely victorious and Lord, we just pray that you will bless this time with us as we preach your word, as you hear the goodness of the gospel. I pray that you will just come and invade every person's heart, every person's mind, so that we can engage on what you want to tell us. We worship you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. 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 
Good. Amen. Um, yeah, it's so good, so good to be with all of you. Um, I I just felt. Um, I love can we move it a little bit closer? Or, no. um, <laughs> <laughs> I just felt that. Um, I want to just speak a blessing over each and every one of you out there um, this this morning. So um, I thought, what better blessing there is than um, number six? So I'm just going to um, quickly read number six, the priestly blessing over each and every one of you out there. And what I want you to to see is that um, what the Lord said to to Moses is that don't just say the Lord is going to bless you, but he's saying that the Lord blesses you. Um, it's not something that's that's in the future, but it's a now blessing. Um, and it's as you hear it, um, it's happening in, inside of you. As it goes into your into your ear gates, it goes into your heart and it's reality. So um, I just want you to just... Um, yeah, you can close your eyes, keep your eyes open, whatever you want to do. But I'm just quickly going to read, um, like I said, it's out of number six um, from verse 24. And I'm going to read from 22 just to say to you, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. Verse 24 then says, May the Lord bless you and protect you. Um. It's just amazing that he starts off with protection um, in this in this in this blessing. The Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. So it's just <laughs> amazing how the Lord actually says to to Moses, "Tell the people I am smiling on them." And this was in the old covenant, and and yet God was smiling over His people. How much more in in the new covenant? Now that we have the blood of Jesus. And the forgiveness of sins um it's not just a, a small grin it's like this massive big like yes smile that he has over each and every one of you um and then it says the lord shows you his favor and give you his peace and i just speak favor over each and every one of you um this morning i just speak peace over you um this morning and it's it's already happening <laughs> the favor of the lord is being released there over you right now the peace of god is being released over you right now and i just release his presence over you wherever you're sitting right now that is his manifest presence will go before you that it will be all around you that it will be your real god and wherever you go um in this in this week during lockdown and then we, I know we can't go far, but when we go to the bathroom, when we go to the bathroom, when we go <laughs> to the living room, if you've got a garden, you're going to the garden. But when you go to the shops, that his presence is going to go with you, um, that his face is shining upon you, that is um, that he's smiling over you, and that he's protecting you wherever you go, mm. and um, and that that protection and that his presence will just be such a reality to all of us. Um, in, in this time. So I just wanted to, to pray for you over that over your lives and release that over your lives um, in this time. And like Linda said, today is, is Resurrection Sunday. And <laughs> the, 
this is probably um, one of my favorite times of, of the year. And um, I'm going to explain to you just now why, why I'm saying this. But obviously, like I've preached last time, this is a time of Passover. This is a time of, of just where we celebrate the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. And um, I was just thinking about it again, like in, in this week, obviously, while I was just spending time with the Lord and preparing. But if you think about the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus, and I think no one will argue about that, that, that is the the core of Christianity. That is the epicenter of Christianity. That is what makes Christianity um, different from all other religions, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes, we know that the birth of Christ was also significant. Um, the fact that the, the incarnation that took place, that the incorruptible seed of God um, came into Mary and that she conceived. And why was that significant? Is because... Jesus came as a pure incorruptible man. He didn't have like like all those stuff like that came through the seed of Adam, but he was the perfect man, the God man, 100% God, 100% man. And that is why it was so significant that it was God that became man. Um, but we know that if it wasn't for the death, burial, and resurrection of, of Jesus, we wouldn't have Christianity today. We wouldn't have the forgiveness of sins um and that is why this time is like some of my favorite favorite time is just looking back on what happened at the cross and uh, what happened during resurrection and um that's obviously what we're going to look at a bit um today and there's just some amazing stuff um that the lord is going to show us today as we're going to look at at the scriptures we're going to look at some of the things that he shared with us but I just feel in my heart before I before I do that. I want to just share because I know I can I can just feel in my heart in my spirit that there's obviously in this time there's people that's really um, worried about finances, um, and you know like many of us, it's really hectic that's going on. You know people are losing losing jobs, people are losing income. People are taking salary cuts. People are losing their businesses, um, and it's it's a reality. And but what's amazing to me is that Jesus is so aware of that. <laughs> He's just so 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 aware of that. And that that big thing of that says that He knows every hair that's on your head. <laughs> he, he knows the the amount of hair that's on your head. So when a hair falls off your head, He knows about it. So if He knows about a hair, when you lose a hair, then you're definitely going to know about the fact that you lose income and that you've lost a job or that you've lost a business. And that he is so, so, so involved with that, um, with each and every person. So involved with the details of your life. And, um, yeah, it's, it's obviously doesn't, he doesn't want his, his, to see his children suffer. Um, so it's really something that's, that's big on his heart and I could just feel that. But what I felt the Lord showed me was, um, we all know about embassies. Okay. So here in, so here in South Africa, we've got the American embassy and we've got the, the German embassy and like all the countries all across the world. 
But what's amazing is that let's say that South Africa, the, the RAND really tanked, you know, and um, there's recession in South Africa. And I, I know at, at this stage, there's like a worldwide recession, but let's just, for example, say, say there's recession in South Africa. Um, things are not going well economically in the economy of South Africa. But what's amazing is if you think about it, that the embassy, um, say of the United States, of, of China, of, of Japan, or of Germany, those embassies in South Africa are not experiencing recession. <laughs> Even though they are located in South Africa, they're not experiencing recession. Why? Because they are the embassy of the USA and they are linked to the economy of the USA. And it's the USA that is providing them their salaries. It's the USA that's yeah, just taking care of them, taking care of the buildings, taking care of the staff, taking care of everybody. So it's not dependent on South Africa, that, that embassy. And, um, and the Lord just um, reminded me of the fact that that's how it works with Christians. The Bible says that we are ambassadors of God. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ in this earth. So we live in this earth, but we're not of this, this earth. We are ambassadors of the kingdom. And I just feel like the Lord wants to remind each and every one of us that it's the kingdom that's providing for you because you're an ambassador of the kingdom of God and you're an ambassador of God, that you're linked to the economy of heaven. Um, and heaven is not in recession. Heaven is not in financial lack. Heaven is not in financial turmoil. Um, but heaven is in absolute abundance. And that is your economy. Your economy that you're operating in is the economy of heaven. And um, the Lord wants you to see that. The Lord wants you to um, really just experience it. Because how it works, if you read Mark 11, it says, um, when you pray and you ask for something, believe that you've already um, received it. And then as you see it, you will have it. And um, it's a thing of like believing that you've already have it and being able to see it. So I want to encourage you, even as you sit there, to, to, to imagine yourself as an ambassador of heaven. And ima imagine yourself having all of the financial backing of heaven behind you. And imagine yourself sitting in this world, but you're not of this world. You're from heaven. And that the kingdom of God is the kingdom that's taking care of you. The, the kingdom that's, that's behind you. And you're living inside of that kingdom. And we all know that there's, there's no hopeless circumstances. There's only people that doesn't have hope. And as soon as your, your viewpoint of your circumstances changes, um, all of a sudden, everything changes. Mm -hmm. As soon as your perspective of your circumstances changes, then all of a sudden, everything changes. Um, we've seen it so many times, and I'm probably going to touch on that a little bit more um, as I'm going to go into the Word. But there's also just a, a quick testimony that I want to share um, with you guys, just, just talking about that, that we're... We're not of this world, but we are living in this world and that the kingdom of God and that, that Jesus himself can use the things of this world to really take care of you, take care of you guys um, and take care of us. Some of you have obviously heard this testimony before and myself have shared it, and, but I know there's 
many of you that haven't heard of this testimony. So um, Linda and myself and um, uh, our, our good friend Sylvia, we were just walking in town like this was how long ago? Three Malone? years. Three years ago. Three years ago. Um, we were just walking here in Hermanus, um, there by the, the Checkers shopping center and um, in town. In town. And uh, we were just talking about Jesus. <laughs> we were just like sharing testimonies, you know, like those times where you're just like talking about Jesus and sharing testimonies and just laughing. And, um, you know, we just like, we were just having a great time. Like we always have. And, um, we, Linda had to go and draw some money, um, at EPSA. I can't remember why, but, um, we probably had to, to pay someone or something, but, so she had to go and draw money from APSA. So we went to, to the APSA teller that's there by the Chicka Center. And um, Sylvia and myself were standing there at the back. And we were carrying on talking about Jesus and sharing some stories. And there was no one else. There was no one else there. It was just us. So we were just like, like I said, just having such a, such a good time. So while Linda was busy drawing money from APSA, we all heard the, like right next next to the absent teller was the standard bank teller so the standard bank teller all of a sudden just made this weird noise like beep 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 beep, beep. and um i remember all of us was just like that's weird why is it why is this teller like making this weird noise like this man beep, beep 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 and the next moment this teller this the standard bank teller where no one was standing just pushed out this stack of notes um, and we just like we all were just looking around like what 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 just happened now and there was no one there so Linda just walked across and just took the the stack of notes from the standard bank teller and then we started frantically running around trying to find the person who just withdrew this money but there was just no one there that there wasn't even someone close. Mm -hmm. There was obviously at the entrance on that side, there were people just walking out from the entrance to their cars, but there was no one close to, to these tellers. So we were running around and we asked one or two people like, listen, you know, have you just thrown some money from standard bank? And the people were just like looking at us like as if we're crazy. So, um, it was the, the amount was 2000 Rand. So the, the maximum amount that you're allowed to withdraw um, from most tellers. So what Linda did was she, she took this money. So we were just like, we don't know whose money this is. So she took this money. She went to Standard Bank, um, stood in the, in the line and came to the front. And she explained to, to this person on the other side in Standard Bank, like what happened? Like we were just standing there. The next moment, this money just came out of the teller. Um, Linda said it was so funny that all of a sudden the whole band just became quiet and started listening to her telling the story of, of what happened. And, um, and one of the other senior, senior guys also came closer and, um, they, um, just listened to what Linda told them. And I just said to Linda, man, you've, you've got an early Christmas present because there's no way for us to determine whose money that, that is. So you can keep the money. <laughs> <laughs> so um what we did was we we, we just took that two thousand rand and we um just sewed it into people's lives and um, that we know that 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 needed that money. But what was interesting when I thought about that testimony yesterday again, I I realized that 
what happened there was there was no you know often you hear a financial testimony of like you know i, I was trusting the lord for like five thousand rand and someone gave me five thousand rand on the tea but what was interesting about this was i didn't trust the lord for money we, we didn't really actually need that money at that stage i mean you always need more money but it wasn't like this this hectic um, financial need that we needed breakthrough for, and like if God doesn't come through, we're gonna be it's gonna be the end. Um, all that we did was we were just focusing on Jesus and um, just enjoying Him and sharing stories of what He's been doing and just sharing testimonies of what He's been doing. And um, and as we were just focusing on Him and um, glorifying Him and celebrating Him, um, like God does. This this teller just started spitting out money. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the principle. <laughs> Mammon is a horrible boss, but is a very good servant. Money is a horrible, horrible uh, master, but it's a very good servant. So the moment we glorify the King of Kings, money just submitted to the name of God, and that is very important. Um, when you approach your finances, sorry, love, I interrupted you now. When you approach your finances, make the name of God great, and it has to submit to the name of Jesus. Anyway, mm. no. So just wanted to encourage you with that. Just keep your eyes on Jesus, worship Him, um, focus on Him uh, as you can in in this time. And um, you'll see that all of creation actually responds to that. Mm. Um, all mm. of the, the world around you actually responds to to that. And um, and just, just shows you that really like nothing is impossible for God. There's really like this, there's nothing impossible for Him. And He can use anything in the world out there to take care of you and to provide for you. So if you enjoy that testimony, just claim it for yourself <laughs> and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. I receive, I receive that. But obviously, I just want to quickly touch on, um, on, the, on the word this, this morning. And <clears throat> what I'm going to share is just about like this whole time of the, the, the crucifixion, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And like I said, shared earlier, like how that is like the crux of all of Christianity. And um, I remember where, where it all starts is obviously in that garden, in that olive garden, where Jesus took his disciples and he went praying. And, um, you know, like he, he, he asked his father, Father, if, this, if it's possible, if it's in any way possible, will you maybe just, just take away this cup that I don't have to go through the suffering that I'm about to go through. And that I don't have to go through this gruesome death that I'm about to go through. And um, it's, a, it's amazing to me, like this, this, this picture of Jesus in the garden that's praying just shows me how real Jesus was, you know, like, and that he was really 100% man um, as well. He was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And... The Bible says that Jesus experienced fear in that time that was just like the highest level of fear that you can experience where his sweat became blood. And I've heard um, doctors and medical people speak about that. And they said that is actually like the highest level of anxiety and fear that you can experience is when the, the veins in your, in your skin actually pops 
um, and there's actually like um, blood coming out um, and your sweat is almost like turning in, into blood. So Jesus experienced like this extreme, extreme, extreme level of fear. And um, it's just like, it's just crazy. And <laughs> the Lord showed me and um, he said to me, so for Jesus was going, he was about to go into lockdown. Because <laughs> um, we know that what happened straight after that experience is that um, Judas Iscariot came and the, 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 the soldiers came and they bound him and they, they, they locked him down and they took him um, to the high priest. And um, we know the rest, the rest of the story. Um, but what was amazing about that for me was that Jesus experienced this hectic fear, but yet in spite of the fear, he still surrendered and he still said, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. And the Lord just spoke to me and said that that is such a prophetic picture of, of where we are at and where many people are at um, in this time is this place of Lord, this is not nice. And I know every one of us are in a different, like a different place. Like some of our, us are chill and we're okay. But I know some of us are, it's really a time of, of being worried and, and being fearful. But what the Lord showed me in, in that is that in that thing, like obviously that fear that Jesus experienced wanted him to stop, you know, wanting to not go ahead with what the Lord has called him to do. But yet, in spite of the fear, Jesus pressed through and he said, Lord, and he surrendered and he said, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. And, um, and I just feel like the Lord wants to encourage all of us that, you know, sometimes when we experience fear, we feel condemned and we're just like, Lord, um, why am I experiencing fear? And like I said last time, sometimes it's a, there's a place where you can then Go and look at it and pray with it and, you know, like saying, okay, Lord, um, help me in this or um, grow me in this and promote me in this. Um, but sometimes people are just like experiencing fear and it's so overwhelming that they, they can't, you know, they can't really function um, in, in that place. They can't really connect with the Lord in that place. And I feel like the Lord is just encouraging all of us and saying that, through courage, like the Lord said to Joshua, just be courageous, you know, be strong and be courageous in this time. And I just feel like the Lord is saying to us, just be strong and be courageous in this time. And true courage, we all know, is not the absence of fear. True courage is just saying, Lord, I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to push on. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to still do what I feel you're telling me to do um, in this time, even though I'm feeling fearful, I'm just going to go ahead. Um, so that was the one thing that the Lord just wanted to encourage all of us. It's like, in spite of the fact that you're feeling and experiencing fear, um, like Jesus, he experienced fear as well, but he just carried on and he surrendered in that and just said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And I'm going to carry on with what I know that you've called me to do in this time. But the second thing is that what the Lord showed me was that Jesus, I once asked the Lord many, many years ago when I was a young Christian, I asked the Lord, Lord, why did Jesus experience this crazy fear? I mean, 
he was 100% God. Um, he knew exactly what was going to happen. Not even if he didn't knew it by the Spirit, he obviously knew it by the Spirit. They obviously had conversations about this before Jesus came and, and before his birth in heaven, they had conversations about this. But also as a young boy, but what I believe as a young boy, Jesus studied the scriptures as a young boy. And he knew, obviously, all the scriptures, all the Old Testament scriptures that was prophesying about him. And, he, and even in the Old Testament scriptures, he could see what was going to happen to him um, during his crucifixion. He could see the sufferings that's going to what's going to happen. So even just by looking at the, at scripture, Jesus knew what was going to going to happen. And um, and I said to the Lord, like Lord, Jesus knew exactly what was going to come. And um, and you know, like he knew that. Almost like sometimes our biggest fear comes out of that thing of like not knowing, you know, like the, the unknown is some of our biggest fears. But Jesus knew exactly what's going to happen. And then the Lord spoke to me and he said to me, so Jesus had to experience that fear um, that day so that you don't have to experience it. So he experienced the highest level of fear in that garden so that you can experience the opposite in your life. So he had to almost carry that fear and not just that he carried that fear. So actually what that fear was that he carried was all the fear of all of mankind ever. <laughs> so all the fear of the world basically came on Jesus in that time as well. And, um, and he carried that, but not, not just that he carried that, but he was victorious in that. So in the midst of all of that fear, he pushed through and he said, Father God, not my will be done, but your will be done. And he was victorious in that so that you can experience the opposite in your life. It's just so beautiful. Um, how good it is so that you can experience the opposite in your life and <clears throat> the victory that is won over fear there becomes your victory. Um, becomes a victory that you can walk in. So when fear comes, you've got a far authority over fear, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done by the victory that he's won over fear. And the Lord just spoke to me and he said to me, Stovall, so every, the peace that you're experiencing. So Isaiah 53 says, <clears throat> the chastisement of us, our peace was upon him. And talking about the cross. So the fear that he experienced was so that you can experience peace in your life. And the Lord said to me, so well, every bit of peace and every bit of joy that you're experiencing as a Christian actually comes from that moment where Jesus took fear upon himself so that you can experience peace and joy in your life. But then the Lord just took me further and he said to me, um, it's not just obviously that moment where Jesus experienced fear, but everything that he experienced after that, the suffering that he went through, he went through so that you can experience the opposite in your life. So we know that what happened after that is that Jesus was deserted by his disciples. So his, his comrades, you know, like his, his best friends, the people that, 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 that he thought loves him the most, the people that um, <clears throat> that really care about him. Sorry, I just need to take a. <clears throat> the people that that Jesus 
you know, his, his closest friends deserted him in that time. I, I mean, Peter followed him, but then we know that Peter denied him three times after that. So Jesus experienced this crazy rejection from his friends, <clears throat> but not just his friends. They, he experienced the craziest rejection from his religious leaders of that time. So um, the high priest, <laughs> basically the high priest was obviously a picture of the pastor or the apostle, whatever, like in our days, almost if you can see it, like the senior leader of the church, like <clears throat> the, the senior leader of, of the church of Jesus' time, they just condemned him and rejected him. So his, his best friends rejected him, his leaders um, rejected him, and he experienced like just obviously like a lot of emotional turmoil um, in that time. And why did he experience that is so that you can experience acceptance um, in your life. So Jesus took your rejection upon him in that time as well. And um, so that you can experience acceptance in that time. Now, I want to encourage you is that I know there's some of you in this time that you're feeling alone. Um, you're feeling that people have deserted you. Um, maybe your leaders have deserted you. I don't know what the enemy is trying to tell you um, in this time that 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 you're being rejected or, or whatever. I know there are people that are experiencing these kind of emotions. But I want to encourage you that Jesus carried those emotions for you and that he was rejected so that you can be accepted in the beloved. And what does that mean? What does it mean to be accepted in, in the beloved? It means that <clears throat> where God spoke and he said, this is my beloved son. When he spoke over Jesus after his baptism in water and he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The Father is saying exactly the same words over you. Um, because of what Jesus did on the cross, He's saying over you, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. So He was rejected so that you can be accepted in the beloved, in the bosom of the Father. <laughs> um, you can be accepted in that place. And then we know that Jesus obviously was beaten and scourged um, and I know, I think Pilate actually did that because he thought if he almost, if he basically almost kills Jesus by beating him, he was hoping that, um, that the Pharisees and all of them will have like mercy on Jesus and say, okay, no, it's fine. Don't, don't kill him. Like he's basically already dead. Um, so Jesus took that scourging, um, those stripes, um, on his back. And we know clearly that the Bible says that by his stripes we were healed. So he, in those stripes, he took the sickness of the world upon him, and he carried the sickness of the world in those in those stripes in that beating, so that we can be healed. Um, so that we can not just be healed, but that we can walk in divine in divine health. Um, and it's just you know, again just so amazing how what he did. Um, there was purpose, the Lord said to me, there was purpose in every little thing that he did in that time um, of suffering. There was purpose so that we can experience the opposite. We know that he took the crown of thorns on, on his head. And that was obviously a prophetic picture of the curse of the Garden of Eden, where, where, where the Lord said that in the sweat of your brow, um, 
you're going to work very hard, but the earth is going to bring thorns forth. And that was just a prophetic picture of, of the curse that Jesus took upon himself. And the Bible says that curse is every man who hangs on a tree. Right? It's because it's every person that dies on a cross. So Jesus became a curse so that we can be blessed. So that we can be blessed with every single spiritual blessing um, in Christ Jesus, in heavenly places. So every little detail that Jesus went through, he went through so that you can experience the opposite in your life. And then we know, obviously, after that, the big thing of him being crucified and his blood being poured out. Um, and the Bible says that Jesus became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. And Jesus became sin um, on the cross so that we can become the righteous of God. So not just are you righteous because of what he did, did on the cross, but you have the very righteousness of God um, because of what Jesus did. Like Jesus took your sin, your sinful nature, he took upon himself, he became sin, and he gave you his righteousness. So, so you have the righteousness of Jesus, the righteousness of God. He's given to you through what is done, done on the cross. And obviously the whole thing that he went through was the effects of sin so that we can experience the forgiveness of sins. But then he went further and um, we, we all know the Bible said that there, became, there was darkness that came over the, all, of the, all of the earth. And um, what, the Lord, what the Lord showed me is that that darkness that came over the earth was all of the darkness of the earth. So talking about all the demonic oppression, all this, like, again, like the sin of the world, the oppression, the depression, um, you know, like anything evil that you can think of came into Jesus in that moment, um, into his body. And the Bible says that God condemned sin and he condemned like all of that in the body of Jesus so that you can experience life and freedom. Um, so that you can experience peace um, in your life. So he literally, like on the cross, Jesus ab absorbed all of that into his body, like, like all of that evil. And that's why that darkness was there. That's why that darkness was over all of the earth. Um, so I want to encourage you, like, as we, as we go further, that to almost like see that like this is what Jesus did for each and every one of us. But do you know what's amazing is that even if you were the only person on the earth, he would have still done that. Even if you were the only person on the earth, he would have still like gone through all of that so that you can experience the opposite um, in your life today. And um, so we all know that then Jesus died on the cross. The Bible said that then he, he actually went into hell after that. So that's why he, he was dead for three days. He was buried. And they put a stone in front of the grave. Um, his body was obviously locked up in that cave, um, the grave. And then, um, but then he went, the soul of Jesus went into hell. And he was there in hell, like it says, for, for three days. And, um, and I, like again, like I said, I believe Jesus was there and, and he was just like, Reminding him, like when he went through that temptation um, in the desert, what did Jesus do? Is he took the word of God and he said to the devil, it is written, it is written, it is written. And I believe that even there when Jesus was in hell, that he had Psalm 16 there, where it's wrote that 
that God will not allow His Holy One to see corruption. Just talking about prophesying about the resurrection of Jesus, that, was, that God is going to raise Jesus from the dead. And what's interesting is that Jesus didn't raise Himself from the dead. But the Bible says it was God through the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So Jesus was in that three days in, in hell and he was waiting for the Father um, to come. <laughs> he was waiting for the Father to come and raise him from the dead. And again, obviously, like Jesus went to hell so that you don't have to go to hell. Um, he went to hell on your behalf. He died on your behalf. Um, and went to hell on your behalf so that you don't have to go to hell. Um, so again, like just this complete redemption that he brought for us through his death, burial, and, and resurrection. But obviously today, which is this, this Sunday, is, um, is Resurrection Sunday. And um, the Bible says that God, through the Spirit, came and raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I don't, don't know whom of you have ever thought about this, but if you just think about it, it's just like so amazing, is that the Spirit of God came. And now just, just imagine, like I said, what Jesus went through, not just on the cross, but even before the cross. Like most people, the beating that Jesus received, like the Bible says that he was marred beyond recognition. Like, not just the beating on his back, but the soldiers kept on beating him and hitting him with sticks. Um, he had the crown of thorns on his head. Um, some medical people believe that Jesus actually died of a broken heart, like, because of how the, the cross works. Like, it's very, it's very technical, but they believe, like, not just that he suffocated, but his heart burst physically um, on, on the cross. But... Even after he was dead, the soldiers like pierced him with a spear um, through all of his organs. So the body of Jesus was completely broken. And I know some of us, sometimes we think, yes, Lord, was it really necessary to, for that to happen? I know some people looked at the, the movie, The Passion of the Christ, and um, I was just like, yes, was it really necessary? And I think like it was God God the Father was punishing Jesus um, through what happened on the cross. But that's actually not what happened. Like, God the Father wasn't punishing Jesus. It was our sin that did that. And it was my sin and your sin and the sin of the world that did that. So, Jesus, the Bible clearly says in the Old Covenant and in the New Covenant that Jesus had to suffer. He had to suffer and die. And the reason why I had to suffer, like I said earlier, was so that you can experience the opposite in your life. So, so I know many people like they've, they've got like this issue of the fact that the Father, Jesus said, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" Um, and we all know that song, that beautiful song, is like the Father turned His face away. And some people like have an issue like like. But God will never forsake Jesus because God will never forsake me. And that's, that's true, is that God will never forsake you. But the reason why he will never forsake you was because he forsaked Jesus that moment on the cross. And the Father had to forsake Jesus so that he doesn't have to forsake you. <laughs> so Jesus had to go through that experience of separation with God, with separation with his Father, 
so that you don't have to experience it. It's so much more beautiful if you think about it, that, that he went through it so that you and I don't have to go through it. And that's why it's based on the fact that he went through that separation, that he went through that experience, that he could say before his ascension that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Why? Because Jesus already took that upon himself so that you can always experience his presence, so that you can always, that he can be with you always, not because of your performance, not because of what you've done or hasn't done, but because of what Jesus has done on the cross, because Jesus experienced that, that separation that, um, from, from the Father. But what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm busy coming to is that the body of Jesus was completely broken. The body of Jesus was completely marred. There was a spear like went right through the body of Jesus. Um, so he was wrapped and he was locked up in this, in this, in this grave. And the next moment on that resurrection Sunday, the Holy Spirit came. And obviously like the Holy Spirit came and took the, the soul of Jesus out of hell. So he, the Holy Spirit came and rescued Jesus out of hell. And he brought the, that soul of Jesus back to his physical body. But not just that, is that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit had to heal the physical body of Jesus. I don't know who of us actually think about that, but the Holy Spirit had to go like all those organs where the spear went through, the Holy Spirit had to supernaturally in a moment like that had to heal all of those organs and the back of Jesus had to be healed. Um, and you know, like the crown of thorns, whatever we know that the scars in his hands and inside, it remains and it still remains to this day. Jesus is the only person in heaven that's going to have scars. Um, the rest of us, are, none of us are going to have scars. We're going to have this perfect heavenly bodies when we go to heaven. Jesus is going to be the only one that's going to have scars um, in heaven. But yet his physical body was completely healed. Um, in that moment when his soul came back into his body and his physical body was raised from the dead, the Holy Spirit had to roll the stone, or the angels had to roll the stone away and unwrap him <laughs> um, from his grave clothes. And, um, and, and that was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, um, but why is that so significant? Is, why is the resurrection so significant? Obviously, the first thing is that Jesus is alive. So no other religion has a mediator between God and man that is alive. All of them have done. So, Jesus is alive today. He's here, there, right next to you. Um, he's sitting right next to you. He's here with us. He's alive today and he's real and you can have a real relationship with him. So obviously that is like just amazing, like absolutely amazing that, that, that he's still alive today. But the second thing obviously is that, like I said, Jesus was 100% man and he went through everything on the cross and um, he experienced that fear, experiencing everything that we as human beings um, would have experienced because of our sin. And, um, but God raising Jesus from the dead was that ultimate seal. Like, so if Jesus had to go through all of that suffering and all of that cross and he died and he went to hell and he, and he never rose from the dead, then it meant that <clears throat> all of that, what he went through wasn't enough that all the suffering that he went through wasn't enough to pay the perfect price. Um, but it showed that Jesus lived a perfect life 
on this earth. He was the perfect lamb of God. And God came through the resurrection. God came and he almost put his seal on what Jesus did and said, the, the price was enough. The suffering was enough. Um, the, the finished works was enough that Jesus did for all of mankind to be saved, for all of mankind to receive the forgiveness of sins, for all of mankind to um, be free from their sin. Because when Jesus was born, it says, Jesus was born and he's going to save the world from their sins. So the, the penalty and the price that Jesus did on the cross by God raising him from the dead is just telling all of the world that it is finished basically in a, in a sense and that it was enough that, that God did. But the, the third thing that the Lord is just um, reminding all of us is that Paul then comes and repeatedly, not just Paul, but that all the writers of the New Testament then comes and they write and they say that that power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead, which was obviously like, like I said, amazing power. Like it wasn't like this thing of like Jesus was dead. He was dead for half an hour and then God raised him from the dead. No, the Holy Spirit went into hell and rescued Jesus out of hell. And not just when Jesus then was rescued, the Bible says that he led captivity captive. So he took all the saints that was in the bosom of Abram. I'm not going to go into the detail of that, but he took all the saints that was in the bosom of Abram and he led them out. And, um, and not just that, the Bible says in Colossians that he made a public spectacle of the, the enemy. He made a public spectacle of the devil and he disarmed, he disarmed all principalities and powers. So that just talks about whatever is out there, you know, like the devil, these strong men, principalities and powers, stuff that we don't even know about, you know, like all of it has been disarmed through what Jesus did on the cross and he made a public spectacle. So he disarmed them, he took away their, their weapons, he took away their shields, they are they don't have any weapons. They don't have any shields anymore. They're completely vulnerable because of what Jesus did on the cross. And um, so there was this absolute victory that took place in the resurrection of Jesus. Because what we, don't, what we need to understand is like up until that point before the resurrection of Jesus, the, the devil thought that he was winning. He didn't understand that everything that he did was actually he was shooting himself in the foot. But he thought that he was actually winning. Like... Here Jesus is in hell, you know, he's got him now, um, he's died, um, he, he suffered, he's killed us like Jesus. And um, But here, the next moment, the Holy Spirit came into hell, he, he took Jesus out of hell. And not just that, like I said, through that, they disarmed the devil and all of his hordes. And they took a, a, a captivity captive, they took all the saints um, out of the bosom of heaven and took them straight into, into heaven. And there was this absolute victory. And the, the Holy Spirit came, not just in that, the Holy Spirit came to the body of Jesus and he healed the body of Jesus completely. And Jesus took, like walked out of the grave, completely healed, completely restored and completely victorious. And what's amazing is that that victory, because of what Jesus done on the cross, that victory is yours. That victory is mine. Um, the Bible says is that we actually died with Jesus. Romans 6, that we've actually died with Jesus when he died on the cross. Uh, we went through that with him and we were actually raised with him um, in victory when the Holy Spirit raised Jesus um, from, from the dead. And many people don't understand that 
it was his physical body, that same physical body that Jesus had was raised from the dead. Like some people think that when Jesus was raised from the dead, some, somehow he, he got this heavenly body and that's why he could walk through walls and that's why he could do all this stuff. Like Jesus did that before his crucifixion already, you know, like, um, and the disciples did that after his crucifixion with their physical bodies. If you look at um, Philip the Evangelist, like after he, he baptized Enoch, it says the Holy Spirit just took him away and then he appeared in some other town, just like, bam. So Jesus, the things that he did, he did with his physical body. He didn't have any heavenly body at that stage. Why? Why do I say that? It's because when he appeared amongst his disciples, and we all know that story of, of um, doubting Thomas, and he said, I'm, I'm not going to believe unless I put my finger in his wounds. Okay? So he did that. So Jesus said, come and put your fingers in my wounds. But then Jesus went further because that is what the disciples thought. They thought like, okay, this is, this is Jesus is now a spirit, you know, or he's got this heavenly body. That's why he's doing it. And then Jesus said to him, no, 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 bring me something to eat and bring me something to drink. And he ate and he drank in, in their presence to show them that this is his same physical body that he had before he, he died on the cross. It was exactly the same physical body that was raised from the dead and was healed by the Holy Spirit. And he was standing there and through with his physical body, like flesh and blood that he, had, he was eating. It didn't fall through him like he was eating with his physical body. He walked through walls. Um, he disappeared right in front of their eyes. Like, you know, like all kinds of supernatural things that he did. But he did that as a human being. Um, he did that with his physical body. Um, but what I wanted to, to get to is what that resurrection of Jesus, that power, I want to read you um, out of Ephesians 1 from verse 19. And it says the following. It says, this is Paul praying for the Ephesians. And he says, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power. So that word immeasurable is actually the, the unlimitless, the immeasurable power of God. Like it's like you, you can't comprehend this unlimitless unmeasurable power of God. And he says, the image of greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. So Paul is praying and he says, I want you that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you will be able to see this like unlimitless greatness, immeasurable power of God that is yours. And then he goes on and he says, through faith, and he says, then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. So he says this, this power is in you and it's working through you and your life will be a testimony of this, of this power. This is the mighty power. So now Paul goes further and explains this power. And he says, this is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead. So Paul defines this power and he says, this immeasurable, unlimitless power that's working in you and not just in you, but through you as a testimony. It is the exact same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. Um, that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority 
in the heavenly realms. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. So Paul is writing and he says that, and he's praying for the Ephesians and for obviously the whole church. And he says, I want the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened so that you will be able to see this power, the same power that God demonstrated and that he released when he raised Jesus from the dead. That same power is living inside of you and is working through you and it is yours. And it's not just like that power, but that same victory that Jesus brought through his death, burial, but especially through his resurrection, that same victory, like I said, up until that stage, the devil thought he was winning. But then God raised Jesus from the dead and the whole thing backfired on him. That whole thing, everything that the enemy is trying to do backfired on him the moment when Jesus was raised from the dead. And that same victory is yours today. And that same power is living inside of you. And I just had this picture of like the Lord showed me that as Jesus was in hell for three days and he was waiting patiently and waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and for the Holy Spirit to bring this ultimate victory and this ultimate power and, um, and for him to step into that victory. And then he was raised with triumph and authority, and he's seated with God at the right hand. It's the same for you. And some of you may be sitting and you're like, you're just like, Stoffel, it feels like I'm in hell. Like, that's what I'm experiencing. Like, it, it feels like I'm in hell. But the good news is that Jesus defeated that. Mm -hmm. The good news is that. As Jesus was patiently waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, I want to encourage you to patiently wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Mm -hmm. Because that victory and that power that was released when Jesus was raised from the dead is yours. It's already there. It's already there. And the Holy Spirit is setting you up for complete victory, just like he set Jesus up for complete victory when he rose from the dead. And and I just I just got such a sense that, there's people that's just like, well, I don't know how this works, you know, like, I, I don't understand how this works. And the Lord is just saying to you that he's giving you an, an example. <laughs> he's giving you an example of what Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? Is that he just surrendered. He just gave over. Um, he looked at, like I said, he looked at the prophecies that were spoken over his life. And he knew that God is in control. Like, like God is going to do this. I just need to surrender and I just need to do what he tells me to do. And I feel that it's, it's the same with us is that I just got such a sense of the Lord just saying to us, just surrender, mm -hmm. just surrender. Like true faith doesn't come out of performance. True faith doesn't come out of striving. True faith doesn't come out of a place of like, Lord, I'm going to try harder and I'm going to show you what a good Christian I am. True faith comes out of surrender. And, and that is exactly what Jesus did in the garden of, of good when in, in that garden, we experienced this extreme fear. What did he do? He just surrendered. He just said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand this fear that I'm experiencing. I don't understand why I'm going through this trial. I don't understand what's going on. But yet, I know that you are good. And I surrender my will to you. I give over everything to you. And um, 
what happened when Jesus did that is the Bible says, when Jesus surrendered and he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. The Bible says angels came and ministered to Jesus. And um, they, they obviously came with the presence of God and just ministered to Jesus. And I just feel like the Lord is, is almost like encouraging us and saying like, just surrender. Just as you surrender, like the angels is going to come. And you, you're not even, many of you are not even going to be aware of that. You know, like you're just going to experience the presence of God. You're just going to experience the supernatural peace of God. But it's actually angels that's coming to minister to you and strengthen you and give you hope and give you peace um, in this time. And the Lord is just saying, like, as we are going to surrender in this time, He's going to come and, and lift us up. And He's going to come and bring a massive victory um, into your life. And that what the enemy is trying to do in your life, for bad, exactly like what it was trying to do with Jesus on the cross. What the enemy was trying to do for bad in your life, God is going to turn it around into a massive victory. He's going to bring that power, that same power that he used to raise Jesus from the dead. Like we were celebrating the day of Resurrection Sunday, that same power that he used to raise Jesus from the dead, he's going to, he's going to use in your life to bring victory and breakthrough. And I want to end off with this this um, last scripture it's in Romans 8 verse 11 and it just again that just confirms what I'm, what I'm saying all the time when Romans 8 verse 11 says but if the spirit of whom of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you so Romans 8, Paul says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you. And that same spirit is going to bring life to you. That same spirit is going to bring resurrection to you. And I was just feeling that even in this moment that there were things that the Lord spoke over your life. There were prophecies that the Lord spoke over your life. There were things that the Lord dropped deep in your spirit like that you were destined for greatness, that you were destined to do certain specific things for the Lord. And I feel like what the enemy is trying to do is that, that he's trying to take away those dreams and he's staying, trying to take away those passions, like even in this time, even before that. But here on Resurrection Sunday, I'm telling you that God is going to resurrect those dreams and that God is going to resurrect those passions and that God is going to resurrect those callings and those destinies that, on people's lives. And he's going to raise it from the dead and he's going to use this, like I said, this thing that the enemy has intended for bad. He's going to turn it around into a massive victory. And this, this victory, that this raising from the dead of your calling, of your purpose, of your destiny, of, 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 of dreams, this resurrection of this is going to be just a massive victory that the God is going to bring in your life. And he's going to laugh at the devil. And what he's trying to do. And I just want to encourage each and every one of you is, like I said, it's not a thing like that resurrection power is released as we surrender. That resurrection power is released as we just give over and say, Lord, I don't understand what's going on, but not my will, but your will be done. And the Lord showed me that there's like, there's really like people like you've, almost like for, for a long time, you were just like going through the motions and just going and going to church or maybe not even going to church or whatever, you know, like just going through the motions. But the Lord is calling us 
higher. <laughs> He's calling us into that place of just absolute surrender to Him and to His purposes and to His calling. And, and the Lord is actually excited about that and releasing that <clears throat> over, over our lives in this Resurrection Sunday. And Lord, I just thank you for that. I, I release that resurrection power and that resurrection victory over every single person right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. You, my love. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, I have one, just a small word that I felt the Lord shared with me this morning. It's a prophetic word. It's not really um, a scripture word. That's why I asked Stoffel to preach first. Um, I was just thinking this morning, um, I was just thinking about Resurrection Sunday. And you know what is beautiful to me is about the fact that we have a God that is alive. We have a God that is alive. We don't have the idea. We don't have some kind of philosophy. We have a living God. And Jesus died, but he's resurrected. He's alive. That means because he's alive, you can encounter him. Like the disciples were um, giving him food to eat to, to show him, show them he's alive. We have this the similar, exactly the similar access to him. Okay? So when Jesus spoke to the um to the woman at the well, he said, there will come a time where we'll worship in spirit and in truth. Now, how do we worship Jesus today? We worship him in spirit and in truth. And the Lord was just speaking to me this morning and he said to me, Linda, there's people there here listening today and that's going to listen later on today that are really, really lonely. Lonely. You're lonely. Um, there's very different reasons for it. You might be in a marriage, but very lonely yourself. You actually might be alone at home. But the feeling, the overall feeling you have when you quiet yourself is that of loneliness. You are lonely. And I was just drawn to this passage in Song of Songs. And obviously the best place to go read Song of Songs is in the Passion Translation. It is so alive. And I was just reading through it and listened to what the Shulamite the Shulamite is us, the, the, the bride of Christ, and the shepherd king is obviously Jesus. And I'm going to read out of Song of Songs 1 verse um, 5, where the Shulamite speaks. She says, Jerusalem maidens, maidens, in this twilight darkness, I know I am so unworthy, so in need. But listen to this. And while this Shulamite is speaking about the unworthiness that she's experiencing, the fact that she's not good enough or um, she's not loved enough, she's not celebrated enough, you know, the actual true emotion of loneliness is the question, am I worthy to be loved? The true emotion, if you go down into loneliness, the real, real reason why loneliness exists in our lives is because the question also goes around, Am I worthy to be loved? And listen, so now the, the Shulamite is saying, I know I'm so unworthy, so in need. And the next thing, the shepherd king interrupts her, not, not comes by the side and gently sits next to her and says, oh, my darling. He interrupts her and said, yet you are so lovely. She wasn't speaking to him. She was speaking to her friends. She was complaining to her friends about how unworthy she is, and yet, he interrupted her thinking, her thought pattern and said, yet you are so lovely. And listen to the next one. Then she goes on. I feel as dark and as dry as the de desert tents of the wandering nomads. A nomad is someone who doesn't have a place to go. And there's no, no place, no settling place. And yet again, the Shulamite king says, yet you are so lovely, like the fine linen tapestry hanging in the holy place. 
And I just feel today that there is a, there's so many of us that we are stuck in the feelings of loneliness. We are lonely, yet because we ask this question of ourselves, are we worthy to be loved? And you know what is the answer? Yes. You are worthy to be loved. The, the way the Lord explained to me the crucifixion a couple of um, months ago is in preparation of a wedding. We had to um, preach at the wedding and in preparation of this wedding, the Lord speak to, spoke to me about the crucifixion. Now, I was a wedding photographer, so I've attended so many weddings in my life. And I always loved the way that the bridegroom looks at the bride when she walks down the aisle. That is my ultimate moment of the whole wedding is how the bridegroom looked at the bride as she was walking down the aisle. And while I'm preparation to actually preach at this wedding, the Lord said to me, Linda, I, um, the cross and, was, and the resurrection was my moment of going down on my knee and asking you to marry me. That was his choosing of you. The cross and the resurrection as him going down on his knee and saying, will you marry me? I choose you. I choose you. God has done this by choice. He hasn't done it because it was um, needed. He didn't do it because all those things are true, but he actually done this by choice. He went to the cross, like Stoffel explained what happened to his body. He came out of resurrection. Jesus, Holy Spirit was resurrected him by choice because he's absolutely crazy in love with you. The Bible says, for the joy that was set ahead of him, he went to the cross in Romans 12. Oh, Hebrews 12, for the joy that was set ahead of him, he went to the cross. What was that joy? It is to have perfect union with you. That was the joy, spirit to spirit. You know, I'm going to end off with this. Um, the place where Jesus was crucified is called um, Golgotha. And also we have another similar name wording in the Old Testament called Goliath. Both means skull. So Goliath was this giant that David went to overcome. And Gata is where Jesus was, was crucified. It all means skull. And to me, it, it was just revealed the other day while I was listening to a sermon that the place that really trips our relationship with God is when it comes to our thinking. This is what the Shulamite was doing. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Her thinking disengaged her spirit to connect with the King of Kings. And I want to encourage you today. You know, Bill Johnson says, there's not a thought that we can think about ourselves that he doesn't think about us. I want to encourage you today. Jesus has taken everything to the cross, even your thinking. Even those negative thoughts that you think about yourself or your circumstances, he has, he has dealt with it at the cross. So I want to encourage you today, going into this week, going into this um, lockdown again, where our minds are very important because we have to keep reminding ourselves it's going to end, it's going to end. Look at what you think. Goliath was killed right in front of his eyes. Jesus was crucified on the place of the skull. The mind doesn't matter anymore, but the spirit does. Connect with your spirit, Holy Spirit, to spirit to spirit, deep cross out of deep. When you come into this place of anxiety, instead of just trying to, you know, surrender, take a bath, whatever, surrender your thinking, surrender your circumstances, and allow to rest in the perfect proposal of Jesus Christ. And obviously, the Holy Spirit was the ring of promise that we live in now. So we are safe. 
I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, there is a team that is alive at this moment, alive. They are alive because they're watching me. They're live at this moment that is going to pray for us. So if any of you have any prayer requests, I really want to encourage you just to type it into the comment section. There's someone going to get back to you and just pray for you. I see all of them alive. Tracy's there. Patrick's there. I know Elsie said she's going to be there. And um Bernard and Almi are also live on the stream at this moment. So if there's any one of you that need a prayer request at this moment, please type it down in the comment section. And Tracy and Patrick and Elsie and Almi and Bernard will pray for you. Um, we love you guys so much. We really, really do. We miss you guys. Um, I'm an extrovert, so I'm like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> But we know by the grace and the faith of Jesus Christ, we'll be able to even conquer this lockdown and this disease that's threatening us at this moment. I'm going to pray for you guys, and then I'm going to leave it over to all the rest of you to pray. But please, I want to encourage you, please um, send us prayer requests. Um, we have nothing else to do. You know, We can pray for you. So let's just be clear. Father, we love you so much. We appreciate you so much. And we just... We just glorify you for what you've done on the cross, Lord, and we receive it, Lord. We re receive the resurrection power. Right now, I just feel there's someone right now, right now. I can see how you're standing on the edge. You're like, am I going to go for this? Am I going to go for this? Am I going to go for this? Meaning, am I going to surrender my full life to Christ Jesus? At this moment, you know about him, you've played with him, you go to church now and again, but you never actually fully surrendered your life to Christ. I see there's someone like that. I want you to please send me a message. If that is you, you haven't actually fully surrendered your life to Christ, just, just send me a message. But I want to pray for you right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will reach into that person's mind and into that person's um, spirit. I pray for bravery, Lord, that they will step out and completely surrender their lives to you right now. Right now. Lord, we release your peace over every person that's watching. We release your comfort over every person that's watching. And we thank you for your goodness, Lord. It is a good, good gospel. It is a good, good gospel. And we thank you for that, Lord. We bless your name. We make your name great. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much, guys. I'm going to be here next week again. Um, I'm going to preach next week. So please tune in. And yeah, we see you around. Have a good day.